spiritually, I was in a desert. Well, hi there. This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and I'm coming to you from Riverside, California. Podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. You know, praying for one another is a good thing, as is rejoicing with one another. And if you have a prayer request or praise that you'd like to share with the LifeSpring family, you can do that at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. If you enjoy the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, help support the show at lifespringmedia.com support. If you'd like to comment on the show today, do that on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com S12E100. Yeah, this is episode number 100 this season. You can always email me as well at steve at lifespringmedia.com. I always love to hear from you. Of course, I've got some comments on our reading today, and I have a fun little Christmas ditty for you. Our reading today is Psalms 42 through 44. I'm calling the episode Thirsty, and as we've been doing with the Psalms, I'll have an introduction before I read each chapter. Shall we get started? Psalm 42 is the first Psalm of Book 2 of the Book of Psalms, and there are certainly differences between Books 1 and 2. One difference is the Hebrew word for God. Commentator James Montgomery Boyce wrote, According to Franz Delik, in Book 1, the name Jehovah occurs 272 times, and Elohim only 15. But in Book 2, Elohim occurs 164 times, and Jehovah only 30 times. In Book 1, David is the author of all but four of the 41 Psalms, with those four having no attributions. In Book 2, which contains 31 chapters, David wrote 18, Asaph and Solomon each wrote one, the sons of Korah authored seven or eight, and three have no attribution. The title of Psalm 42 is, To the Chief Musician, a Contemplation of the Sons of Korah. So who were the sons of Korah? Well, they were Levites from the tribe of Kohath, and according to 1 Chronicles 20.19, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. They did this in the temple, so it appears that they were part of what we might call the worship band. Psalms chapter 42 Like a deer drinking from a stream, I reach out to you, my God. My soul thirsts for the living God. When can I go to meet with him? Instead of food, I have only tears day and night, as my enemies laugh at me and say, Where is your God? My heart breaks as I remember the pleasant times in the past, when I walked with the crowds as I led them up to God's temple. I remember the happy songs of praise as they celebrated the festival. Why am I so sad? Why am I so upset? I tell myself, wait for God's help. You will again be able to praise Him, your God, the one who will save you. In my sadness I say, I will remember you from here on this small hill where Mount Hermon and the Jordan River meet. I hear the roar of the water coming from deep within the earth. It shouts to the water below as it tumbles down the waterfall. God, your waves come one after another, crashing all around and over me. By day the Lord shows his faithful love, and at night I have a song for him, a prayer for the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I suffer this sadness that my enemies have brought me? Their constant insults are killing me. They never stop asking, where is your God? Why am I so sad? Why am I so upset? I tell myself, wait for God's help. 
you will again be able to praise Him, your God, the one who will save you? Psalm 43 has no title, and there's no indication of who the writer is. G. Campbell Morgan wrote, This psalm is either part of the previous one or is closely connected with it. As a matter of fact, many ancient Hebrew manuscripts have Psalms 42 and 43 combined into just one psalm. Psalms chapter 43 Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. The title of Psalm 44 is, To the Chief Musician, a Contemplation of the Sons of Korah. So this was written by the sons of Korah, and they speak of a time of defeat for the nation, and they ask God to deliver them, to rescue them. We don't know the specific time this was written, so it could apply to any of them. Psalms chapter 44 Our God, our ancestors told us what wonders you worked, and we listened carefully. You chased off the nations by causing them trouble with your powerful arm. Then you let our ancestors take over their land. Their strength and weapons were not what won the land and gave them victory. You loved them and fought with your powerful arm and your shining glory. You are my God and King, and you give victory to the people of Jacob. By your great power, we knocked our enemies down and trampled on them. I don't depend on my arrows or my sword to save me, but you saved us from our hateful enemies, and you put them to shame. We boast about you, our God, and we are always grateful. But now you have rejected us. You don't lead us into battle, and we look foolish. You made us retreat, and our enemies have taken everything we own. You let us be slaughtered like sheep and you scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for little or nothing, and you earned no profit. You made us look foolish to our neighbors. People who live nearby insult us and sneer. Foreigners joke about us and shake their heads. I am embarrassed every day, and I blush with shame. But others mock and sneer as they watch my enemies take revenge on me. All this happened to us, though we didn't forget you or break our agreement. We always kept you in mind and followed your teaching, but you crushed us, and you covered us with deepest darkness where wild animals live. We did not forget you or lift our hands in prayer to foreign gods. You would have known it because you discover every secret thought. We face death all day for you. We are like sheep on their way to be slaughtered. Wake up! Do something, Lord! Why are you sleeping? Don't desert us forever! Why do you keep looking away? Don't forget our sufferings and all our troubles. We are flat on the ground, holding on to the dust. Do something. Help us. Show how kind you are and come to our rescue. I'll comment on Psalm 42. More years ago than I care to remember, I was an apprentice carpenter. And the first job I worked on was building condominiums in Palm Desert, right here in Southern California. 
Palm Desert is just next door to Palm Springs, so as you might think from the name of the town, Palm Desert is indeed in the Southern California desert. And as luck would have it, this project I was working on was in the summer. I looked up to see what the temperatures were in July and August of 1978, the year I had this job, and most every day the temperature reached 110 degrees. We'd usually begin our day's work, if I remember right, at about 5 o'clock in the morning, when the temperature was only about 85, but once the sun came up, the mercury would quickly rise. Verse 1 and 2 in the New Living Translation more accurately captures the author's meaning than our translation today, the easy-to-read version. The New Living Translation says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. In my mind, this verse is inextricably tied to my time as a carpenter's apprentice in Palm Desert. I know what it's like to long for fresh, cold water. And there have been times in my life where I felt that, spiritually, I was in a desert, separated from God. And of course, when I feel apart from God, it's my fault because God doesn't change. If someone is drifted away, it's me that does the drifting. But God is faithful. He lets me do what I do, and as a good father, he lets me feel the consequences of my wandering ways. And without fail, I begin to thirst. I begin to long for his presence again. And can I tell you something, beloved? This Christmas season, I'm feeling a bit heartbroken. There's someone in my life who has wandered away from God, someone I love very, very much. They think that they no longer believe in God. So my fervent prayer for them is that they would experience this same longing for him that the authors wrote about and that I myself have experienced. The deer is driven by thirst to that cool stream of water, and my prayer is that my loved one will be driven to the refreshing arms of a loving God. Is there someone in your life like this? Don't give up praying for them. I prayed for my dad for many, many years. I began praying for him when I became a Christian as a teenager, and it wasn't until about 30 years later that my dad finally surrendered to the Lord, just before he died. So don't ever give up praying for your loved ones who don't know the Lord. I'd love to know your thoughts. Comment on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com s12e100. We'll be back in the book of Job tomorrow. We'll read chapters 29 and 30. Boost! You know, the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible is for you to help you read through the Bible. If you like seeing that there's a new episode every day in your podcast app, it'd be great if you'd support the show with a value-for-value donation. You decide how much you receive from the show and then go over to LifespringMedia.com slash support and send that amount to keep the show going. You can send a one-time donation or you can donate weekly, monthly, or quarterly. LifespringMedia.com slash support. On this date in church history, December 8, 1630, Roger Williams sailed for America to escape persecution in England for preaching against church-state unions. Persecuted also in the New World, he later fled to Narragansett Bay, where he founded a settlement named Providence. There he established the colony of Rhode Island, and he founded the first Baptist church in America. Let's pray. 
Our Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us even before we were born. You had a plan for each of us from the foundation of the world. We're here because you wanted us to be, and you want us to know you, to love you, and to be with you in eternity. Thank you for making all of that possible through Jesus. I pray for our loved ones who don't know you or who have wandered away. We pray in Jesus' name that you would soften hearts and give them a thirst, a longing to know you. Use us or bring others into their lives who you can use to introduce Jesus to them in such a way that they'll respond to your message of love and forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, for the LifeSpring family. Bless each one today and help us to walk close to you today. We want to please you today. Speak to us and lead us, Lord. For those who are sick, we ask that you would heal them. For those who are depressed or struggling with loneliness, fill their hearts and encourage them. For those who are going through hard times financially, be their supply. You know our every need, Lord, in every situation, and you have an answer and a solution for each one. We rely on and we trust in you, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, send in your prayer requests and praises so that we can share them together as a family and pray together and agree together. Go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com. And now, with tongue firmly in my cheek, I've got a fun little Christmas song from Dr. Elmo called Send Me a Wife for Christmas. This is the same guy who did another song called Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, so you know what you might be expecting. I hope it brings a smile to your face. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. I look forward to our time together every day. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. Oh, dear Santa, I'm writing this letter to you. You're the one who can make Christmas wishes come true. As a guy, you'll know why it's the right thing to do. Santa, send me a wife for Christmas. Make her look like a model from Vanity Fair. With a figure that makes a man kneel down in prayer. She'll be wild for my wide body and thinning hair. Santa sent me a wife for Christmas. She'll be sweet and adoring and she will not care. If I spend all the fortune to which she is heir. She would trim up the tree, fix the house up so neat. Then she'd come up and beg, could she please rub my feet? While my buddies and me would be watching football, a delicious aroma would drift down the hall. She'd appear in her apron, with cookies for all Santa send me a wife for Christmas She'll pick all the right presents for me and my folks 
And she'll laugh herself silly at all of my jokes. She'll address Christmas cards by the fire's warm glow. And I'll stand by her side while she shovels the snow. Oh, dear Santa, this is a tall order, I know. Make her meek and soft-spoken to flatter me so. And she'll just be aggressive beneath mistletoe. Can you get me this wife by Christmas? Will she light up my life this Christmas? Santa, send me a wife for Christmas.